0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Talent Talks. I'm Rob Adams. We're joined today by Dr. Rod McDavis, managing principal of AGB Search and former president of Ohio University, and Dr. Nancy Zimfer, chancellor emerita, State University of New York. Together, Drs. McDavis and Zimfer founded the AGB Institute for Leadership and Governance in Higher Education, where Dr. Zimfer serves as director. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Rob. It's good to be with you. you Nice to talk with both of you. You both bring many years of experience in the higher education sector, and we're excited to jump right into what I'm sure will be a substantive uh, conversation on the higher education sector. And that leads me to our first question. And um, Dr. McDavis, I will start with you. What trends are you seeing in the higher education sector related to leadership and the presidency specifically?
1: Rob, I think there are two or three trends that uh, we're beginning to observe uh, in a pretty serious way. I think one is there is a generation of leaders uh, that have been in higher education for an awful long time that have served in a wide variety of positions that are beginning to step down. Uh, More than often from their presidencies or their chancellor positions, because they've served 30, sometimes 40 plus years. So we're beginning to see that generation step aside. The second trend that we're beginning to see is a group really of dynamic young leaders that are stepping up, prepared to serve in uh, roles as presidents and chancellors. And that's that's really, really exciting. Uh, I I think that these are people that have been faculty, have been deans, have have been provosts, and are now ready to assume that, that top leadership position. And the third trend that, uh, that I would say that I'm really excited about is that there are more women and more people of color that are in that group of young, dynamic leaders that are stepping up, ready to assume uh, senior leadership positions.
0: I should say we're doing this uh, podcast over Zoom so I can see Dr. Zimfer's reaction, and she is nodding. Uh, I'd like you to respond as well.
2: Well, uh, first of all, I think you struck a nerve there, Rod. I think these are exactly the things we're excited about I do think that, uh, you know, people always say nothing has ever been as hard and as difficult and as challenging and as complex as this. But uh, Rod and I lived through the Great Recession and many challenges before that because we're in this generation of yep. emeriti chancellors and presidents. But I would pull together the three implications of the pandemic, uh, the economic crisis, obviously the medical crisis, and most importantly, the equity crisis to say that there are very high expectations for leadership. And I think that's a trend that's gonna stay with us for a long, long time. When and as we recover from the, the triple threat of this pandemic, people are really going to expect significant change from the lessons we've learned. And so in our hands are these leaders coming on board and we have to do everything we can to prepare them for what could really, Rod, be a tough ride, but a ride that calls for leadership.
1: No, Nancy, I think I think you I think you nailed it. I-, I think the fact that we're in the middle of a pandemic, I think the fact that there are some economic issues uh, surrounding higher education, I mean the challenges out there for young leaders today, uh it's just phenomenal from the standpoint of what they have to take on. Uh and, and and very different than the kinds of challenges that you and I took on, you know, when we were serving as presidents and chancellors.
0: Let's turn our attention to the AGB Institute for Leadership and Governance in Higher Education. Rod, why did you create this program,
1: and how does it speak to these trends? You know, Rob, I think exactly for the reasons that Nancy and I have talked about. Uh, Three, maybe four years ago, Nancy and I started a conversation as we were both transitioning from uh, our senior leadership roles uh, about what's going to happen in the future. Who's going to be there to replace us? Uh, as an African-American uh, person and Nancy as a woman, I think both of us were very concerned about, are there gonna be people who look like us that are gonna be prepared to step up and and, and take on these senior leadership roles? So, so we kept talking and talking and brainstorming and came up with this idea uh, that maybe we could do something to help pass the baton to that next generation of leaders. And out of that whole conversation, the AGB Institute for Leadership and Governance in Higher Education was born because we thought we could make some contribution uh, under the AGB umbrella to creating an institute that would help to prepare that next generation of uh, of leaders and to put make sure that we be included uh, in that uh, women and people of color.
2: And the interesting thing about sponsorship by the Association of Governing Boards, AGB, is that it's about boards. Yes. Relationship of boards and presidents or chancellors to the leadership role of the institution. These boards are gonna be hiring this new talent. So the new talent needs to know how boards think, how they operate, what their fiduciary responsibilities are. And we've had a great pathway to board members from literally across the country, the members of AGB, to help our uh, novice presidents, our soon to be presidents understand how that role works together. So, unlike any other leadership institute I'm aware of, situating this institute within the the gestalt of boards uh, is the is a very distinguishing characteristic. And and frankly, I think Rod and I both help hope that we're giving these new leaders a hundred percent chance of success because they know how to work with boards, and boards uh, are also. Learning about how to work with new leaders—it's very mutual.
1: Yeah, I can't emphasize that point enough, uh, Rob, that Nancy made, and that is that this whole governance piece is so critical. As Nancy and I learned over our years of being presidents and provosts, that you have to learn how to work effectively with a board, uh, because that board uh, sets the uh, tone for the entire institution and for the in 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 Nancy's circumstance, the entire system. So we felt like including a significant part of our institute around how to work with board members, how to uh, facilitate that whole process uh, was critically important. So we don't only focus on leadership, but we absolutely focus on governance, And, and that's been a big plus, we think.
2: I've learned a lot. Wish I'd known those
1: things. (laughs) Same
0: here. here. Yep. Same here. We we've kind of hit on this to an extent, but let's expand on this point. Are women and people of color represented in higher education leadership positions? And why do you think that is? Yes or no?
1: You know, I, I think Rob, we're we're at the beginning of what I think will be an era of uh, a lot more women and people of color being presidents and chancellors. We've seen some of it. I think Nancy and I have been privileged to see some of that in our careers, but I really think we're at the cusp of that uh, era where we're gonna see some dynamic uh, women and some dynamic people of color serving as presidents and chancellors. And I'm excited about that because I think that that, for so many years, uh, women and people of color have played a significant role as faculty, as deans, uh, as, as other members of the academy, if you will, but now they're being taken seriously as being the leader of a college, a university, or a system, and, and I just couldn't be happier about that because I think that's where the future is, and, 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 and that's what Nancy and I are trying to help uh, these folks that we are working with uh, understand that when you take on these uh, senior uh, leadership positions, you have to be ready for it uh, because at, at the end of the day, It's about being successful, it's about being effective, Uh, it's about helping our students, it's about making institutions better.
2: And the people that we are developing in this institute will someday be the keepers of the gate. Mm. They will be the people hiring provosts and vice presidents for student affairs and college deans. And in my case, in my last position as a system head, of 64 campuses, in eight years, I hired 54 presidents. And let me tell you the pressure to put my actions where my sentiment is to hire uh, with diversity as uh, in mind and as a priority and getting a more diverse pool of candidates, which you know people like to say, well, we didn't have anybody in the pool, that's just not true we have to work harder to get the talent that's there of course we have to build the pipeline from the very beginning and Rod and I have worked with K12 all of our lives yes. and it comes from there but there are many 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 talented women persons of color that are ready to lead and have to be given that opportunity so we hope this is a there's a ripple effect that not only are we getting people ready for the role of president or chancellor but because of their own commitment to equity and to opportunity, they will do the same. And that's how the torch gets passed. And let's hope that happens in this case.
0: And as a New Yorker, I'm sitting in the Hudson Valley, smiling and listening with appreciation to everything you're saying, Dr. Zimfer. Yeah. What yeah. What impact would you like to see the AGB Institute for Leadership and Governance make? And to that extent, why should ex- aspiring higher education presidents attend?
1: So, so, Rob, I think that what we're hopeful will happen as a result of this institute is that it will create an opportunity for women and people of color to experience uh, sort of the preparation part uh, at a high level of getting ready to serve as a president or a, or a chancellor. And that as a result of the Institute, that there will be a lot more people on the ready, so to speak, that because of the people, as Nancy pointed out, if she and I had been had, had the opportunity to go to an Institute like this, we probably would have been a lot better and a lot more effective. So our hope is that this is kind of like a finishing school that, that, that the folks who come through our Institute learn so much and that adds to what they've already learned and the experiences they've already had. So that when on day one, they're ready to take on the opportunity to be a a president or a chancellor. And at the end of the day, I think, Rob, we're hopeful that this will, in some small way, add to the growing number of women and people of color that have the opportunity to be a president uh, or a chancellor. I know it was a capstone in my my career. Uh, I always uh, think fondly of the time that I was able to serve as a president, and that's what we want these folks to to be ready to do, to, to be able to step up and have that capstone experience in their careers.
2: I I feel very much the same way. Uh, I loved my time as a president and a chancellor, and quite frankly, I miss it. So one of the ways that I cure that problem is to be with other, other leaders. But I think if you were strictly going on the data, you would hold us accountable for how many of our fellows actually get placed in a position above their current position. we Yes, we are focused on the presidency, but we're very happy with a dean in our institute who becomes a vice president because we know that's a pathway to leadership. So we are doing well in, in placing our candidates. And of course, we're, we have this incredibly special opportunity in, this, in the institute to learn from a search firm, AGB Search, what these search processes are all about. And I, I know from Rod's experience, we do sometimes make mistakes, not in hiring the wrong candidate, but hiring the candidate that is the best fit for that particular institution. You hear the phrase goodness of fit. So I think we hope that there are less mistakes in the matching up process, that boards know what they're looking for And candidates know what they're looking for and that that comes together in a good match. So not only do we hope our our fellows, our graduates get placed in a position of their dreams, but we hope it's the right position and that we've educated them to to be careful about that choice. And of course, Rod has the great opportunity to work with so many board members who are at AGB as 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 board institutions that they get it right, too.
1: I think Nancy, Robb says something that's critically, critically important. And I just want to pick up on that. And, 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 and that is this sense that, that through the Institute, that these folks are able to step up to that next level of leadership. And we're seeing that. And we've had 40 folks through the Institute in the first two years. Uh, six of them have been fortunate enough to become presidents. Uh, others have stepped up to vice president positions. <clears throat> others are poised to become presidents or chancellors in the not too distant future Uh, That's what makes Nancy and me happy, as well as our colleagues that are helping to uh, run this institute, is that we see people progress in their careers. We see people take that next step. And and, and that is, I think, you know, Nancy and I go all the way back to when we first started talking about this. That's what this was all about. It was about how can we help pass the baton on to that next generation and, 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 and to see them take that next step. And now we're beginning to see the fruit of our labor and we just couldn't be happy with the first two years of the institute.
0: As, as you said, you just said the word happy, and that was the th- word I was thinking of. You both seem so proud and happy about the future of, of what we're seeing here.
1: Not that we're that old.
2: Yeah. Well, we might be. But, you know, Rod also mentioned the talent of this institute. We have brought people that we have known through the years whom we know have the wisdom of the, of the ages and can share. We also bring to the Institute people who are in the thick of a a crisis or a situation that we think our fellows need to hear about. So this is by no means, I mean, in, in some respects, Rod and I sit back and have the luxury of learning as well from the talent we bring. We also have our candidates shadow sitting presidents who've been incredibly generous with their time uh so it's a it's a really special time and i look forward to starting it all over again rod
1: me too nancy and 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 rob the fun of it for for nancy and me is that we work hard at it uh, but it's fun we have a good time with it so i think when you can do something where you're making a contribution but it's fun it's the best of both worlds because you're contributing to your uh, profession so to speak but at the same time, you 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 know you're having fun and you're getting to 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 learn some really really interesting people, learn about some interesting people, getting to know them, and really watching them grow and develop. It, that's that's great. It's exciting. It, it sounds
0: so great and exciting. And I thank you both this morning. It's been wonderful chatting with both of you.
1: Thank you. Our pleasure. Thanks for the opportunity.
0: It's It's been a pleasure, Dr. McDavis and uh, Dr. Zimfer. Thank you again for joining us on this edition of Talent Talks. I've definitely learned a lot today, and I'm sure our listeners at home did as well. That's all the time we have for today. I'm your host, Rob Adams, alongside Dr. Rod McDavis and Dr. Nancy Zimfer, and this is Talent Talks.